Welcome to episode number 28 of Technician Academy's podcast, hosted by ASC Master Technician Richard Young. This episode is powered by Premium Guard Filters. Visit pgfilters.com to view the first market coverage. In this episode, Richard Young talks with the 2017 Women in Auto Care Scholarship recipient, Antoinette Jackson. The two discuss the future of the automotive industry, what Jackson's value as a female technician is and will be in the coming years, and a whole lot more. We hope that you enjoy episode number 28 of Technician Academy's podcast series, powered by Premium Guard Filters. Visit pgfilters.com to view the first-to-market coverage. Welcome to today's Technician Academy podcast. We're fortunate enough to have Antoinette Jackson with us today. She was the Women in Auto Care 2017 scholarship winner. Welcome, Antoinette. Thank you. Hi. So, winning the scholarship, tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, I had entered in um, a pool of scholarships where they go through and they decide where you fit best. So, I hadn't specifically applied for the scholarship, um, and when they had called me, it kind of shocked me because I didn't believe it at first. <laughs> I kind of thought it was more of a solicitation call, um, but as I started talking to Danielle and she started explaining everything to me, I realized that I actually had won the scholarship. Yeah, so and that's, kind of that was quite a scholarship. Moment. Yeah, I mean, an yeah. unbelievable moment and $10,000. That goes a long way towards education yeah it's going to pay for my whole education which is really nice so without having to take loans tell us a little bit about yourself i mean uh why the, you know you're in the automotive program at suffolk community college but tell us a little bit about your background um well i grew up in the auto industry um my parents had started a towing company um while my mom was actually pregnant with me and then they went from a towing company into opening a shop and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, so I kind of grew up at both my parents' knees working in the industry. And I fell in love with it. <laughs> <laughs> fell in love with it. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you literally have been in the industry your entire life then. Now, now where are you located at, Antoinette? Uh, we have two facilities. We have one in uh, Ronkonkoma and another one in Huntington in uh, New York on Long Island. Okay. Okay, and then your is the towing company out of one of those facilities? Uh, we run it out of both. Okay. We actually cover a very wide area. Okay. So, you know, you're, you're in the automotive program. Uh, you just had a final test this morning, I, you told me. I felt pretty confident yeah. about it. Uh, you said you missed one, is that correct? Yeah, one question. <laughs> well, that, I believe that is a, a good reason to feel confident about it. So, you know, you, you thought that the women in auto care was the call was a solicitation call. Have you won other awards or scholarships for education? Uh, yes. Last year, I actually won uh, the Mike Rose Worth Ethics Scholarship, which was also another amazing scholarship to win because I really believe in his organization and what he does for the skills trade. Yeah, micro goes goes a long way in promoting the skilled trades, and, and that, that is very important. So that scholarship was also, had you applied directly for it, or was that through through this other organization? No, I was able to apply directly for his scholarship. 
Okay. What, what, uh, I mean, so you got that scholarship and you win the women in auto care scholarship. Tell us what you think the importance of a scholarship is to a uh, college student. Well, for me, it really took a financial burden off of going to school because it was a big step to attempt to go there. Family helps you. Um, but you know, I have two children, so there's childcare and also taking time away from work and being able to fit that into your schedule. So having um, school paid for and not having to worry about that is a big thing for me because it took a lot of the burden and burden and stress off of deciding to go back to college. Reason why I ask, we Technician Academy just recently announced and, and established a scholarship board on our website yeah. where students can go and, and apply for scholarships, and we've kind of brought all those resources to one spot. I mean, I'm still paying my scholarships for my first degree <laughs> because they are so, you know, fast. So to be able to not add to that is also a great help. So you, you mentioned first degree. What type of uh, education and degree do you have prior to going in the automotive program? Um, I have a bachelor's in business administration and finance. Okay. Why did you, I mean, I, I'm assuming you went into that directly out of high school? Yeah. I loved working for um, my family business, and it was a passion I had. So I had gone into school planning to get my degree to help expand the business and also, you know, if things were to change, to be able to go off on my own. So I had done that to also help with the business okay. and learning the, the paper side of it. Right. And so, I mean, you've done it a little bit different than some of the automotive students that I've talked to over the years that... I mean, you went and got a business degree first, and then you chose to go back to get an automotive degree. Uh, what what made that decision happen? Um, well, it's very hard to find skilled tech. So I chose, instead of having to keep hiring skilled techs and relying on them, I thought if I went back to school and became a skilled tech, that I could help the techs that I bring in, almost train them myself. Instead of having to bring someone else in, I just wanted to know it, know it all, I guess you would say. <laughs> okay, so kind of growing your own text there in, in the shop. Yeah. So I'd like, I'll learn something in class, and I'll bring it back, and I'll show my guys some of the newer things. Um, like okay. ABS modules and systems and everything that I'm learning in class, I can bring in and uh, do my own little training. <laughs> when you, how many techs do you have there at the two facilities? Um, we're not too big. We have, um, I guess, like five techs, and then we have a master tech that comes in and does, like, evil work and stuff on a case-to-case basis. Okay. All right. So, you, you've attended college. You're going to graduate in May. Are you just, I mean, you're moving into the family business full-time then? Yeah. I was in it full-time before, but like I said, I wasn't as much on the repair side. Um, so, now I want to run more of the repair side of it. So to be able to, you know, not only write the invoices and talk to the customers and explain to them what's actually going on in their car, but to go out there and do it myself. So where do you, I mean, are you see yourself in the role of a service manager slash advisor or? Well, when you own a business, you kind of do everything. <laughs> Very <laughs> so true. So I say I'm everything from the janitor to the, you know, the tech to I've jumped in a tow truck, you know. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, A jack of all trades. (laughs) (laughs) So just briefly, I mean, talking to the customers, Mm -hmm. do you feel that 
because you're you're female do you feel that that is a uh, positive trait that you bring to this to the customer uh in some aspects yes especially when i'm talking to like moms or the younger generation they seem to have more like trust in me or more understanding with what i'm trying to tell them because i can relate a little to them like i'll relate it to something that they're doing in their lives when they talk about their cars like you know, if you go to the doctor and this is broken, you know, I try to give them a picture. Um, and I go the other way sometimes with the older generation because they'll be like, put the mechanic on the phone. Okay. Let me talk to the mechanic and let them know what's wrong with my car. So, I mean, and it's kind of off subject, but I think it's important. Where do you, where do you feel or you see that maybe that break in age where they – they feel confident with you, but then the older, I'm assuming the older demographic feels that they need to speak with someone else. Is that in the 40s? Once they start talking to them and they understand that I actually know what I'm talking about, I usually gain their trust. And I've gained a lot of customers for life that way. But um, I, I would say 30 and younger. Okay. I'm kind of on the, I don't see much of a issue with. Um, and it's at 30 and older. Well, and, and your ability now, I mean, not that you didn't have some idea about the vehicle operation mm-hmm. and how the vehicle repairs went, but now with, you know, the degree or the, the foundation that Selfick has provided for you, you bring a, quite a bit of uh, value to, to that service desk or that customer. Yeah. Uh, like I used to... As I sold parts, I'd look up parts and I'd see what they do. But actually knowing how a fuel pressure regulator works and why, and like why it's over, you know, too much pressure in the rail or not enough pressure or how the valve, it's, it's nice to be able to know that rather than just knowing that it's a fuel pressure regulator. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, knowing that you ordered a fuel pressure regulator and, and the yeah. technician is going to install it. I mean, that is, I, I think that's very important in today, especially in, like you mentioned, you know, the 30 and younger crowd is being able to, I mean, they want to know. I mean, they want to know, not that they're going to replace it or repair it themselves, but it's always comforting for them to know what what it is what 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 are you putting on my car and they do a lot of internet stuff like on the internet i read and i'm like all right now <laughs> forget what you read on the internet yeah i mean the the google text is what i call them uh you know and that information is at their fingertips so and that's kind of what i see and, and i would like your input on this but that's kind of what i see in that age change and i, I would go a little bit older maybe in the 40 year olds but they just expect to bring it to the professional and not have to question it but because the younger generation has been able to find out huge amount of information and data and resources at their fingertips uh they're more inquisitive about it they want to know what how it works would you agree or disagree with that i agree um many of them want to know how it works or they want to look things up which can be a hindrance because sometimes they look a part up online and like i found it for five bucks why are you charging me 25 and things like that but again being able to explain to them brands what's better about the product we're putting in and the longevity of it versus what they're buying offline is helpful. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the, the trouble of getting techs. Your high school, where you attended high school, was there an automotive program in the, in the high school? We had a first year BOCES program in our high school. I don't know if it's there anymore because um, I had been out of school a while, but when I was there, they did have it, which was really nice. 
Okay. So, I mean, I, I guess then, you know, really you, you grew up in the automotive industry and you felt that you wanted to be, obviously out of high school, you felt that you wanted to be in the front end and in the paperwork and, and such as that. Was there ever an idea that you wanted to be in a different industry than automotive? No, even if I wasn't here, I would see myself working somewhere in the auto industry, something related to cars. Okay, what, I mean, what draws you to the automotive industry? Is it the customers? Is it the vehicles? What what draws you to that? Um, I guess the vehicles and almost like a puzzle. I love figuring things out with cars. I love the puzzle of it, the, you know, what's wrong with it, fix it and make it run. That's always intrigued me. So, so now that you, I mean, that kind of leads me to the next question is now that you've basically got both degrees, um, mm-hmm. I mean, you got a, a little bit of time left, but, uh, and you'll have your automotive degree, but I have no doubt that you'll acquire that. Which one did you enjoy the most? As far as classes? Yes. Um, I would say electrical. Okay. I loved learning, um, because I guess that's the new age of all the cars. They're all going electrical. Even um, when we did our brakes class, half of it was ABS electrical. So it was nice to learn how grounds work and how, you know, Hall effect sensors work and, you know, learning how everything works together in the car and how you can find a fault. Okay. So I, liked, I probably liked electrical the best. All right. So, I mean... As new techs, as you hire new techs or, you know, older techs retire or, or leave, do you have a plan of or a thought process of how to gain the good quality techs? I mean, that's a that's a pretty broad subject, but, I mean, yeah. you're going to be, I mean, I don't know if you've got any siblings that also work with you in the No, it's just business. me. <laughs> just you. So you will be, uh, yeah. you will be the, the boss. How do how do you see that yourself working to, to make sure you've got the techs for the future? Well, the school program I'm in at Suffolk Community College is a great program. I love how they set it up and how they break it down and how it's not just everyone passes. You really have to know the information to get through the program. Uh-huh. So I would probably push to get ourselves at their career fair and push for the younger generation to come in while my older generation is coming out okay yeah that's a great idea you know i'm on a couple advisory boards for natef certified schools and you know that's a that's a great resource Uh, especially i'd like to see shop owners on those advisory boards helping guide that program so you know i could definitely see you being in that position in the future and they do through our program like um 600 hours so you have to do 600 hours hands-on in a shop so opening my shop open to people to do their summers here, I think would also help whether they stay or not, bring people in. Right. And and you, they get a feel for the industry. They get a feel for your shop and, and the environment, the shop itself and the way it's run. But you get a feel for that technician, that technician's soft skills and, and their abilities. So, yeah, that would be a win To learn and absorb information, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. So, you know... Women in Auto Care, I've been fortunate enough to interview several of their scholarship winners and, and uh, female shop owners a year and female techs. What do you feel the importance of having female techs in, in a repair shop is? Um, I guess almost like, a, I would hate to say diversity, but everyone brings something different to the table. And women, I think, bring that extra patience, I would say, and also 
with the, like I said, the new generations and the mom, because it tends to be more moms are bringing the cars in. It used to be the dads bring it to the mechanic, but I see a lot more moms and women bringing their car in for service. So them being able to relate to a female mechanic, I feel brings that confidence for customers to bring their cars in. Yeah, I think the last study I've seen, uh, 60%, maybe 62%, but over 60% of the vehicle repairs done to today's vehicles at a repair shop is okayed, uh, signed off on by the female vehicle owner. So, you know, yeah, you're right. The male male is not bringing in the vehicle as much as the female uh, of the family. So, and I'm sure there's a certain amount of confidence that, you know, you can, you can project to that female vehicle owner. So, yeah. Also relating, like I'm a mom, so I can say, you really need to get your brakes done. This is a safety issue. I wouldn't feel comfortable as a mom driving the car this way. Like being able to have that relationship with the customer, you know, and they'll ask me, they're like, would you do it on your car? And some things I tell them, you know, if, if I have the money, I do it. Otherwise you need to get it done soon. And other things I tell them, you know, this needs to be done right away. Oh so, yeah. I, I hadn't even thought about the... that, bringing that confidence. And because, I mean, some things you're right. Some things need to be done now because they're a safety issue. And then some things can wait till the next oil change or the next time it's in for a service. So yeah, that, that that's a great piece. Uh, where do you see, I mean, you, you've got two shops, you've got a towing company. Where do you see the future in, let's say five years being uh, for those shops in that? Um, I would, love to have one major location um so that i can after five years i'm hoping my parents will be able to retire and partial if not fully and um i'm hoping to take over i'd like to open a larger shop and combine it with multiple bays i don't know i see myself just (laughs) i would hope to be bigger (laughs) i would hope to take (laughs) over more of the island yeah that's what we're pushing for i mean we new equipment and um, better surveys. So yeah, I mean, we're bringing pushing to some make a name for ourselves. Yeah, bringing some technology in, and and I could see where uh, having one centralized location would be an advantage over having two facilities. I mean, um, sometimes two facilities is is great, uh, depending on the manpower you have. But uh, yeah. having it centralized and larger, uh, being able to service more, uh, it would be a definite advantage also. And then who knows, you may do that and then grow to a point where expand you need to again. expand again. <laughs> Absolutely. I hope that for you. So you've got two children, uh, boy, girl, what? Uh, my son's five and a half and my daughter's four. Five and a half. Uh, in 10 years, 10 and a half years, he'll be 16. What's going to be your thoughts if he wants to be in the automotive industry? Are you going to encourage it? Oh, definitely. I'm, it's funny because my daughter is the one who's out there changing the oil with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> and she wants to get her hands dirty. And my son's more of the, I would say, fabricator. Like, he, he, he'll line his cars up. He loves racing. He does uh, go-karting, and he's done the um, oh, quarter midget practice run. Okay, yeah. So he loves racing the cars, and she loves working on them. <laughs> well, but uh... um, I would be fine with it. I think if there's nothing to be ashamed of of learning a skill that you know that can provide for you and your family and i think we went in the direction where people were more ashamed of skills rather than you know embracing them and yeah i and college isn't for everyone i mean i loved it but 
that's me personally. I still feel learning a skill is because you, you, no matter what, if your college degree can't get you somewhere, if you have a hands-on skill, you can always provide for your family. Yeah. Uh, so going back to that, I mean, touching you, you said several things there that I want to want to be sure that we bring out. Your business degree was that is that a four-year degree? Yes. Okay, so you went out of high school into a four-year degree, the business, and now you went and you've taken a two-year uh, automotive program. Mm-hmm. So. When you say college isn't for everyone, I agree with that um, wholeheartedly. And, you know, I think it's a great statement that you chose, you had a four-year degree, and you could have went and been there at the business, uh, running the book end of it, uh, running the business, uh, marketing and, and everything associated with that. But you chose to go back and learn what goes on in the inner workings of the business the the service end of it the repair end of it so i commend you on that and you mentioned something else about you think that we've let the skilled trades kind of and and i think for lack of a better term we've let them get a back black eye as it's not been promoted through high schools through no you know and i i believe that and, and you can definitely attest this i want your input on this you know when you tell someone that you're an autom- automotive technician you know there used to be when i talk you know, 30 years ago, there was some pride in that. I think there was a time period in between then and now that that was kind of down, looked down upon, uh, especially by parents uh, that were trying to guide their children to a, a career. Would you agree with that? Yeah, no, I, I do agree. I think it was on both parts of parents and the school Yeah, that they pushed more for that. You can't go anywhere without a college degree, you know. So I guess my next question, and, and answer it if you would if you'd come out of high school and you'd said mom dad i i want to go into the automotive program first mm-hmm. how do you think their response would have been i think they would have been fine with it they've always been supportive of everything that i've done like i was working for the family business when i was younger and i was 17 and i wanted to go to college for business and i turned around to my mom and dad and i was like well i've been working in the business my whole life i don't know if i'm good at it like, I do it for the family business, but am I really good at it? Like, this is why I want to go get my college degree. So I went out and I got a job working for $6 an hour watch, washing um, dishes at the ice cream place. So I started off there, and within three months, I was the opening manager. I was handling payroll. I was opening up. I was opening new stores. So I got out, and I realized, well, I actually am really good at this. <laughs> But if I had not succeeded in that or realized that's not what I wanted to do, they would have supported me 100%. Oh, that's great. That's great. So, obviously, you're, you're going to be a future shop owner. Um, Mom and Dad run the business now, and, and you're a big part of it. And you mentioned one of the goals is maybe in five years that they can retire comfortably, and, and you, can, you can do some things with the shop. Currently, do you, I mean, does the shop have service manager, service advisor? We're kind of small, and I, I tend to do that job at one location, and my father does it at the other. But we work we work as a team. Each one of us takes a role, and sometimes we take the other person's role if they can't be here. Or Okay, yeah. As a shop owner, and you mentioned some things, but I, I want to make sure that we capitalize, make sure that 
everyone hears as a future shop owner in five years and with the education you have and you know obviously with business degree you've, you've got some experience with marketing and how do you see the the environment the landscape of the automotive repair industry how do you see that changing and how do you see your shop changing with it I would like to increase the technology because I know that's the way of, you know, the next generation. And I've, I've looked into some things as far as um, um, people are in the hands-on instantaneous generation. So with our trucks, we've got tablets now where, you know, customers can see where the truck is, when he's on his way, what his ETA is, what the driver looks like, a profile. So I would like to bring that into the shop as well, where you take pictures of the car you know, your brakes need to be done. Here's a picture, you know. Um, I've seen that they're starting to bring that technology into the shop where it's a full hands-on and, like, each customer has a profile and pictures of their car and so, everything's electronic. So I kind of like that new-age technology and I'd like to bring it into the shop. And, you know, and I don't know your main customer base, but, you know, when we talked earlier about 30-year-olds and younger, that is definitely something that is attractive to them, uh, you know. And I like technology too, and I'm definitely not in the 30-year-old range. So being able to incorporate that into your shop, it would be great. Where they can keep track, like your parts are ordered, your parts are in the way, your parts are being installed, you know, your car's going to be completed, your car's on a test drive. Being able to have that almost like text message kind of interface would yeah. be really cool. I think it also helps with the legality end of it. It's almost like all in one. So if you take pictures while you're doing the repair and after the repair and going forward, it also helps you on the legal end that here, yes, I did do the repair or, you know. You're able to confirm what yeah. you're charging and, and uh, you know. Why, and if something takes a bolt breaks, you take a picture. This is why there was extra labor because this bolt broke and we had to tap it out or this was rusted or. So you said your husband, your, your son changes or your daughter changes oil with your husband. Is he, he's one of the techs there or. Um, he was hired here and I did, I, I married him, <laughs> but um, <laughs> he's actually a diesel tech now for New York state. Okay. All right. So I, I definitely pick his brain a lot. <laughs> Well, and, and, you know, and that's your children having that background and that foundation in the automotive industry. I can see uh, some amazing things for them in the future, especially with the technology that we're, we're headed into. And speaking of that, I mean, what uh, you, know, you talk about the five years and, and updating and doing the, the being able to do some electronic software. What's one of the things that you're excited about in the future? I mean, is it telematics? Is it simple things like? ADOS, or what are you excited to see happen in, in the future in the automotive, the actual vehicle? Um, that's a hard one. <laughs> I like, again, I hate to keep going, it's like the electrical end of it, but I love um, all the different systems that are being incorporated now. So um, how the car can talk to each other, and you can hook up a scanner, and you can work all the different things in the car and see where it's failing. I kind of like that new age technology with it. Um, I could say something that I'm, I'm not too keen on. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, a lot of the admission stuff is a big hindrance um, with us. I see, especially on the diesel side. Um, it's very a lot of people don't have enough knowledge on it. And that's another thing that I'm trying to, that would be my next step. So once I finish the program, I want to maybe take some side programs on diesel admission. 
because the systems are breaking and they don't know how to fix them. So I'd like to get more knowledge in that aspect. It doesn't just stop for Antoinette Jackson at the graduation no. <laughs> in May. Well, hey, you know, that's great. That, that is absolutely a great trait to have. And, and being in New York State, you're, I mean, emissions is a, is a lot different there than it is across the big part of the nation. Yeah. Believe me, I understand all the good that it does, but then there's there's a lot of problems and little things that need to be worked out. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was kind of emissions was uh, sometimes some of the vehicles I've looked at recently, especially uh, seems mm-hmm. like emissions was an afterthought. Um, yeah, it's almost like it was pushed through without being fully thought through. Yeah, so yeah we're I seeing that a lot in um, our diesel trucks. So is there? I mean, being in the area and the location you're at, is there much hybrid electric uh, vehicles coming coming through or? Do you see much of that? Um, we don't see too much. Uh, it's I'm starting to see a little bit more, but I would say 5 to 10%. I wouldn't think of it as a major increase. Um, I know a few people I know are actually purchasing Teslas. So we'll see how that goes as far as when we start seeing them come our way. Because the first few years are under manufacturer. So. Is that, uh, I mean, is, and, and I once had a gentleman it's been several years ago. I was at a training course mm-hmm. on the Prius, and and you know he he made the comment, uh, you know, you may be a hybrid specialist, and you could put that out as your advertising, but understand that a customer that owns a hybrid thinks they have to take it to a hybrid specialist, and it may be just something as simple as changing wiper blade, but you draw that yeah. extra customer in. Uh, is that something? I mean that we see in the future for your repair shops is, is looking at electric vehicles or hybrid vehicles? Yeah, I see it more of a five to 10 year plan rather than within the next year or two um, because there really isn't, even here, we're out on the island, so I, I would consider us, we have a different dynamic. There's not many people here who really embrace that hybrid commuter. Okay. I don't know if it's a fear. <laughs> what? I, I, it, it's like a phobia. They, they, there's a fear of, there's a lot of traffic here and a lot of sitting in traffic. And I would feel like more people have a phobia about it than anything. Just not sure about it. Yeah. Yeah. Not confident with it. I, I could see that. Uh, I've, I've had the, I don't know if I want to say pleasure or displeasure of traveling in your area several times. And uh, <laughs> I, I could see a little bit of that uh, concern. Uh, first off, it's new technology. You know, what happens if we're in the middle of rush hour traffic and something happens? Uh, you know, it's not, yeah. not just anybody People can come People are so fix reliant it. on their cars to get to and from work here. I mean, we see it because we're by the railroad station, one of our locations, uh-huh. that they, they're very apprehensive to change something that's worked for them. Okay. Yeah, I could definitely understand that. Yeah. So that's definitely something that, you know, there, you as future shop owner looks at and, and weighs the options of just how much do you invest? How much change is actually going to happen within the next two or three years? Yeah. Like even with the towing industry, um, charging trucks are starting to become a thing where if a vehicle were to need a charge, you would go out to them and charge it. It's just not an investment we can make right now because there's not enough out there. Now, five, 10 years from now, that's definitely a possibility. That's and I, I hear that business degree coming in there thinking about that. So, yeah, I, that's uh, that's exciting. I mean, they are putting more and more charging stations, which I think is helpful. 
Like I've seen them popping up more and more around the area. So I think the more people are confident that they can get somewhere, that they'll be more confident to buy a vehicle. Okay. So the, as far as hybrid technology, is there much hybrid at yeah. all there? Other than um, straight electric? No. <laughs> no. I mean, like you said, it might just be that they don't come to me because I don't advertise myself as a hybrid tech. But, um, I mean, most of my customer base, if they had a hybrid vehicle, they would bring it to me. And I don't, I maybe one a month. Yeah. Well, the reason why yeah. I ask that, I just recently had a podcast with Jill Trot, and she's out in California. And she owns oh, a yeah, hybrid car. And, you know, she loves the hybrid car. And, and what I'm getting at here is, is the difference in, first off, geographic region from one side of the country to the other. And then, mm-hmm. you know... California and the emissions out there, they've really embraced the hybrid technology and they've put in a lot of fueling stations where in New York, Long Island, it's not as prevalent, even though uh, New York's emission standards are probably as close to any state with California. Yeah, no, agreed. So, I mean, what's what's next for Antoinette Jackson? You know, soon to graduate. You're you're working. You got a busy mom. I mean, I know how uh, busy moms can be, and and you're just constantly busy. If I were to ask you to do a keynote speech to a group of high school students that were getting ready to graduate, mm-hmm. what would the topic? What would be the focus of your keynote speech? I would probably. Me, personally, would push towards the skill trade. I would tell people to find something they love and the skill that they love to do. I mean, if it happens to be something college-based like engineering, that's that's amazing. But if, if you have a love for something, whether it be electrical or plumbing or, you know, working on cars, embrace that. Because you want to do something you love for the rest of your life. Like I said, college isn't for everyone. So sitting in a classroom for someone and sitting in a cubicle might not be for them. <laughs> Right, right. And, and I so, can definitely understand you know, that. Well, that, and I, that's good words. I think we've been, uh, as a society, we've missed giving that information to the future of, of this industry or the, of the, the country itself. I could see it everywhere. I mean, finding skilled tow truck drivers or even CDL drivers is hard. Finding mechanics is hard. Um, you know, all the different skills. I see ads all the time for HVAC techs and, you know, electricians and plumbers and masons. And yeah, the skilled trades in so general. I, I know we have a lot of friends who own businesses and, you know, I'm starting to see it turn though, if, you know, to be honest. So you are seeing to see, I, starting to see a positive turn yeah. to where there are more, more individuals and in, employees that uh or people wanting to learn like they may come in and say i'm not experienced are you willing to train and that's so different i went through a a dry spell of i would say six to eight months where i put paid for ad after ad after ad and i had no one answering the ad and now i put an ad and i get 10 phone calls so whether they're experienced or not, they want to learn, which is something that I, I, I didn't have a few months ago. Yeah, and if you have an employee that's wanting to learn and with your your base and, and then the techs that you have now as, as to help guide, uh, you know, that's definitely a positive step. Uh, and, Sometimes it's easier that way, I find. I mean, it's harder at the beginning, but once you train someone the way you want things to be done, it's a lot easier than training someone who has habits that aren't conducive to your business. So. 
Right. And and they may, and I've seen that, you know, I've seen some great techs that were outstanding in in being able to diagnose and repair, but they just didn't fit the culture of of the repair shop. So being able to to mold those two together would be advantageous for you, even though, I mean, obviously they could, they could move on to another location or another business, but there's a quote that, you know, it's it's better to educate your employers and lose them than to educate, not educate them and keep them uh definitely a positive so i mean you've done outstanding resume of stuff internet obviously well based in the automotive industry you've got two children that are enjoying it coming up 10 years they'll be moving into being positions at the at the repair shops what's next uh i mean you you talked about furthering your education is that one of your goals What, what type of goals do you have um I really want to invest a lot of my time into the business to help it grow. So that's definitely where I'm planning on going. Um, I did, if they do have some diesel programs, because our program is expanding at Suffolk, I would love to take on some night class here and there um, to increase my education. But I really want to dedicate all my time into the business and try to make it the best that I can. That's great. It's got to make your parents proud, obviously. So we've we've taken up some of your time. You're actually at at work now. Um, yes. <laughs> took a took a final this morning. Uh, you got another final to take this afternoon, I believe. And then one more tomorrow, and I'm done for this. And time. then you're done. <laughs> okay. What uh, I mean, I always like to ask this question: If you had any vehicle to choose from, and I and I had the ability to put any vehicle you wanted in your garage, what would that vehicle be? Uh, it'd be a four door Jeep Wrangler. New four door Jeep my, Wrangler. Yeah, my first car was a two door Wrangler, and, and I loved it, bright yellow. I just love the ability to customize them um, and make it your own. Um, and they're great cars as far as the four wheel drive. And but now that I have kids, I need a four door. So <laughs> I'm so glad that they <laughs> came out with that. And I would hope to make that my next car. Well, good. I, I, I hope it is. I hope it is. So, like I said, I mean, I, we we worked to find a, a time that she was able to do this podcast. You have a very busy schedule. And I appreciate you developing a time, finding a time to, to be a guest. And, and I greatly appreciate your insights. And I would like to, you know, keep the, keep the conversation open and maybe in a, a year or two, maybe get you on a podcast within the I'd like within the next year get you on a podcast and see how things are going and how how you see things changing because I really do appreciate the input that you can bring to our listeners uh so so I thank you for your time uh, and I don't oh, thank you that. for having me well I appreciate it so do you have any closing Anything to help the industry well yeah I mean and that's you that's know. true that's the goal and that's one thing that I've always said I I've been in this industry 30 plus years and and I've heard the shortage of technicians. I've heard that comment for probably the last eight to 10 years and people would say it and then they say, well, the industry needs to figure out how to fix that. And truthfully, we are the industry, me, you, and, and everyone else. So we as a group need to decide and figure out how to solve that problem and how, how to promote the industry. I think one of the things that we've not done very well is promoting the industry and what it takes to actually fix a car. Uh, so yeah, definitely. And, and I appreciate your thoughts on that. Do you have any closing thoughts or opinions for our listeners? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I think we talked about a lot. <laughs> we did talk about a lot. Yes, we did. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, 
I, I'd like to keep your number and maybe maybe in a year we can touch back together and, and discuss how things are moving along for the repair shops and, and uh, how that diesel emissions uh, education is going. So, yeah. but, but I do appreciate your time. I appreciate the time you've given us. Uh, I want to let you get back to, to running the business, uh, being, being there. I'm sure that when you're not there, they miss you. So I appreciate that. Until we, until we talk again, Antoinette, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Have a good day. Thanks for listening to this episode of Technician Academy's podcast series, brought to you by Premium Guard Filters and Extend Performance. Be sure to rate us on iTunes and Google Play, and visit us online at technician.academy. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Help us spread our Respect is Learn message by liking and sharing our content on your social media pages. Technician.academy, where respect is learned.